My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the Six Figure Podcast Rebels. It's Britt here today. We have another exciting interview ahead of us. The guest I'm bringing on, Paul Edwards, previously an Iraq veteran, an international best-selling author, owner of Ghostwriting Agency, and the host of Influencer Network Secrets, Networking Secrets. He's also, in the new year, going to be releasing a new book and show called The Influencer Messaging Secrets. Paul, thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to jump on. I appreciate it. We're super excited for today. We're going to have a lot of um, great conversation and takeaways within talking about your wins and what's working and some of the challenges along the years that you've, you've faced. You've done a lot of stuff, so I'm super excited. Um, you're kicking butt, so let's share that with everyone listening. Do you mind just giving us a little bit of your background and story and tell us how you got to where you are today because it's fantastic. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Brittany. And uh, I'll uh, I'll I'll preface by saying that um, I I'm yeah. one of those people who uh, takes uh, is able to do a lot of different things uh, because of the purpose overarching purpose of my life. So you might right. think that somebody like me got an English degree, went and worked in a marketing agency or or a newspaper or something like that, worked his way up reached a level of seniority and then struck out on his own. And uh, no, it doesn't work that way. In fact, um, although I was a, a talented writer and uh, a mimic from a very young age, I was the guy who did the impressions of everybody else. Uh, <laughs> I, for, for years and years, I didn't see any ability to monetize or use those skills. So as a young man, I started out uh, wanting, I started out working odd jobs here and there. And I kept quitting or getting fired one, one of the two, sometimes both. And, um, I decided I needed a job where I couldn't quit and I couldn't get fired. So I joined the military. And, yep. um, <clears throat> by this time I was, uh, a naturalized us citizen. I hail from Canada originally. And so, but I was living in Europe and so I wanted to continue living in Europe. So I ended up in Germany. And in Germany, I met my bride, who is, uh, we've now been married 17 years, and we have two sons, uh, ages 14 and 12. Love and it. then I did my first deployment in Iraq while I was there. And we came back to Washington State here at Joint Base Lewis-McChord. I, and I finished out my time in the Army with a second deployment to Iraq. So I've actually spent over two years total of my wow. life in Iraq. And um, after that, I got out. I, by this time, I was starting to get some of the clue that writing was involved. I, I went and got a communications degree. But I spent most of my 30s in the insurance industry. Um, I needed a job at the bottom of the recession back in 2009, 2010, and 11, and all that. And I finally found one selling insurance. And I did that for six years, which is where I learned to network. And I learned to build relationships. And that's why I wrote the book, Influencer Networking Secrets, and created a podcast around it. 
And then I finally, I leveraged that at, at just as I was getting close to giving up on entrepreneurship because I hadn't made any money, I managed to get a great opportunity to write content for an influencer who I'd interviewed on my show. And word spread about how I was able to capture their voice and mimic them on paper. And then other hands started to go up. And this is, you know, end of 2019, beginning of 2020. All of a sudden, I went from zero to having a five-figure business in a, in a matter of about six weeks. It's amazing. So that was really exciting. And that's kept me busy ever since. That's what I've been doing now up to the present day. And it's it's also taught me to become really organized and thoughtful about every facet of creating content, whether you're doing digital content like blogs and emails, or whether you're actually writing a book that you want to release. So on the agenda for 2023 is to start uh, writing a new book. And I'm going to preface that with a new show that we want to launch on LinkedIn, which will sort of will be my new podcast as it were and we're going to right. change the title from influencer networking secrets to influencer messaging secrets so there's the thirty thousand. so exciting it's just like a sequel hey that's what i'm that's what i'm planning the first part was all building relationships and of course i still do that to this day uh, right. if you pick up if you pick up my book and you do what i tell you to do in that book your business your life your relationships will improve i know because mm -hmm. i've done it for over a decade now and yeah. it never fails but there's also a lot of thinking and a lot of planning that goes into creating a really good message and being staying faithful to who you're writing to the message you want to send them and the response that you're looking for when they get that message and so that's what right. i'm attempting to explain Interesting. Well, that's so compelling and exciting. I can't wait to see the show when you release it in the new year and hopefully get you back on as well so we can talk about it um, in that time as well. So we all know that within building five or six figure, multiple, multiple six figure business comes with a lot of wins. But what are some of the biggest challenges that you have faced throughout um, building such a, a great business? And tell me a little bit about that. Well, the first, the first big roadblock comes at the point where you feel overwhelmed because you're mm -hmm. wearing every hat in the business. So for about the first seven months that I was actually getting paid to write, I did it all myself. And that can easily turn into a 40-hour work week and 40 mm -hmm. hours in front, of a in front of a screen at a keyboard just tapping away. Um, it was good until it wasn't right. It was good at, until I got to the point where now I'm trying to keep track of all this stuff. I'm trying to get it in on time. I'm trying to write the content. Then I've got to go back and edit the content. Then I've got to go back mm -hmm. and proofread the content. And then I've got to upload it to where my clients are expecting it. Right. And I'm still trying to host a podcast and book guests and do show notes on and top of it, edit audio and all that. It was exhausting. And so the the first big challenge was okay how do i i'm not i'm not yet in at this time i wasn't yet in six figure territory mm -hmm. so how do i delegate work automate processes eliminate waste on such a small fledgling business i mean you expect to have to do this later on when you're quite a bit larger not like right out the gate 7 months in 
but there I was. And I said, you know, what can I do? Well, the, the first thing I knew was that um, I fell back to my relationships, which is what my first, which is what my book was all about. Right. So I said, I can find good people. I can also find people that I can afford who are good people. Um, because most of the people in the writing and publishing industry don't have the heart that I do for young, inexperienced writers who are just looking for a shot to get their foot in the door and to do something other than work at a nine to five if they can. Mm -hmm. So I was able to recruit a series of young uh, freelancers who were looking for gig work, who I knew through relationships I had. And I was able to afford what they were charging and still am able to afford what they're charging. Right. And I was able to delegate quite a bit of the work and train them in the process to improve as writers because they were nervous about the first content they sent me. And they were relieved to discover that I wasn't just going to kick them to the curb. I actually took the time to teach them, them how it's done. So it's a win-win. So, so it's a win-win. I also found a, a young person who was not really much of a writer, but he was a fantastic uh, administrator. Like he was just really gifted with finding automations and tools and organizing things, keeping things okay. running smoothly. And I brought him into the agency. And so he outlined our entire front to front to back automation process for every step of our content editing back to the author, back to the editor, back to the proofreader, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But we built an entire assembly line for writing content. And, and then there was just stuff that I, that I said, I, I got to stop doing this. And so I took myself out of editing and, and overseeing, and I decided to trust these young people. Right. But I trust, I taught them and they'd shown me that they could do it. I decided to trust it. So I've, I've backed out of huge portions of what we do and let them get on with it. And they do a better job than I do. Wow. Which also frees up your time and you get more done and stuff like that. Interesting. So, I mean, you help them out a lot too, right? By helping them improve their skills too. So well, and you know, the thing is like with the relation, going back to my relational strengths, I'm not the only ghostwriter in the world. And we have a very collegial industry. Like we're not, there's no sharks, none that I'm aware of in my business, right? So we're right. very friendly and, and giving with one another. I um, love it. So I was able to connect m- people on my team. I said, I, I'm not going to hog them all for myself. You know, they need work. So I connected them with other ghostwriters who, and they got work from them too. And so several of them have told me I, I got to, I got to walk away from the nine to five because I got enough work, steady work as a writer that I can work from home and be my own boss. Right. I'm like, I'm doing my job. Works for me. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So, love it. And so let's talk a little bit about your previous podcast. When, when did you, I know we touched on it before the interview, but when did you start that podcast and what were your intentional steps with starting it? Well, I started it in, in uh, late 2018. Um, I had experimented with podcasting all the way back in 2010 when it was a new thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, everybody told me, you got the radio voice, you should do it. 
And yeah, I tried to back back then I was into politics, right? I wanted to comment on politics and all that. Right. I, I didn't really get anywhere with it. When I brought this one back, though, I really wanted to emphasize relationship building. And okay. um and I wanted to understand how people in uh, who were who were successful in their careers and in their positions, what what was going on behind the exterior? Behind what the were, how did they think about relationships? And you know, and and what was their what was their secret? And then I kept finding that common thread. Every nearly every single one of them said, "I got to where I am because." yes, I'm good at what I do, but even more importantly, it's who knows me and who had the ability to elevate me at the right, right. time. And um, from that, <clears throat> I was really incoherent at the time with my offer. This is before I started doing ghostwriting. So I'm, I wasn't really sure what my offer was behind the show. Mm -hmm. But even so, just from doing that show, I got connected to a lot of incredible people, um, several of whom were instrumental in getting my ghostwriting business started. And a few of them actually ended up becoming ghostwriting clients because oh, okay. of the association through, the, through getting to know each other through podcasting. So um, looking back at it, there's some stuff I would have done differently there, but I think that... Um, uh, but I, none of it was wasted. I ended up getting some just fantastic uh, long-term relationships with people who eventually became clients out of it. Perfect. Yeah. So it was all worth it then, right? Um, and building those relationships that those connections last forever, right? So interesting. Yeah. So how did that podcast, um, I guess, I know we touched on this again, but um can we go a little deeper about how that podcast effect affected your business? Yeah, I, you know, with uh, the, the thing about podcasting is, is something I write about in my, in my book. There's a, a chapter um, that I call pro bono publicity. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to do this with a podcast. The, the podcast is just one of the best examples of doing it. And so- okay. The temptation that a lot of people feel if if they're thinking about starting a podcast is, well, who wants to hear me get on there and talk about myself for thirty minutes every week? Right. And of course, that's never the point. the 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 point is, from a networking perspective, is to get is to give other people a chance to talk about themselves for thirty or sixty minutes. In my case, uh, mm -hmm. with with me just probing and digging and, and getting deeper in, into it and asking mm -hmm. questions. And people were drawn to it. Like I, I never, I hardly ever had anybody tell me, no, I don't want to be on your show. And I just have this, you know, you could chalk it up to personality type or whatever. I, by this point I had a, I had developed the ability to, sit and listen very quietly and attentively. And I also knew what questions to ask to keep the conversation going. So almost invariably at the end, people would get to it, you know, people who I, I otherwise had no business talking to these people. Right. And they would say, right. you interviewed so well, you asked these, these questions. It's just like, it was magic, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I've just, you know, that's a gift from God, but I, I just, 
have taken it, rolled with it, and have built this <clears throat> this wealth of relational capital. Yeah, that I can go back Amazing. and tap into. Yeah, absolutely. Which you will be soon. Hey, um, exciting. So. My next question, I guess, would be, how do you go about attracting those people to come onto the podcast? Like for the one that you're going to be starting, um, is it going to be through referrals? Is it going to be, you know, are you going to be posting on LinkedIn or asking people, or are you trying to get them to come to you? I'm just curious to see how you're going to do it. Yeah. So these days, right. Um, I've, I've been forced through the cycles of business to become much more of a strategist which is why the new show I want to start it on LinkedIn, because that's where I have an audience. So one of the weaknesses of the podcast that I had was I didn't really know how to market it or promote it. Mm-hmm. And if, and if you don't know how to do that, right, you're going to end up, it's not that it's all about getting the most amount of downloads, but it's, but if you get the same amount of downloads every week and nobody's buying what you're offering or you don't have anything to offer them, then it becomes a, a cost prohibitive thing to do. Yeah. So for me, uh, now when I look at it, I say, okay, first of all, they have to be able to contribute to the book that I'm going to write. So they have to be able to speak intelligently to one of the topics that I'm going to, that I'm going to cover in the book, right? Because I want to repurpose what they tell me as, as, as content in the book. I don't just want it to be me writing this time. The second thing is they've, this is not always, uh, it's not a deal breaker, but I would say it's, it's, it's going to really enhance the chances that I'll look seriously at it. And that is, they've got to have a, a, a comparable or maybe even slightly larger audience on LinkedIn. Um, for me, yeah, for me, I want to, you know, I'd hate to think of people this way, but it's, it's sort of like trading followers, right? Some people hear you interviewing that person people in their audience get more interested in you as the, as the host, other people in Mm -hmm. my audience hear them as the guest and they start following them. And it's just a way of cross pollinating audiences and matching. Right. So, so that's a big, a big thing for me is like, you gotta be, it's, it's gotta be a, a, a very good reason to get together on LinkedIn. I don't want to interview people in other words, who get on LinkedIn once a year and they have like, you know, a hundred connections and no followers. And that's it. That that's, that's not worth it to me. Yeah, exactly. And it's important, like your time is precious too. So it's like, you don't want to just interview anyone, right? Um, it'd be great if we could, but you want to make it like, you got to go through the criteria of like, you know, really finding those dream guests to come on and people that are going to add value to what you're doing. And so mm-hmm. like having minimal viable customer characteristics can be very important. Like you said, you know, you know, you want to be able to connect with them, um, in regards to your book as well, so that you can um, work that and then have people who have a larger audience on LinkedIn. Those are all really important too. And I think that's good that you're thinking of it because it narrows down kind of a a niche of people or a niche of people that you want to work with, right? Or bring on the interview, which is important because um, you only have so much time in a day. And if you're bringing people on that are going to add value to what you're doing, then that's what you should be doing for sure. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's it's just lessons learned, right? It's like the because mm-hmm. I I didn't do any of that with my first show, right? And <clears throat> from it, I I learned I I I did get some success out of it, but most of the time, 
it was an awful lot of effort in one direction. Uh, I did build great relationships. That is a return, but I, but the, the return on the investment of the time and the money that I put into it, you know, eventually I'm paying people to edit it and upload it and write the show notes and all that kind of stuff. And that's why I couldn't continue it. It became cost prohibitive because there wasn't enough of a return on the back end. Right. I totally understand. Um, and how do you, how, with this new show that you're wanting to open on LinkedIn, um, how are you going to go about monetizing it? Have you thought about that yet? Well, of course, uh, at this now at this point, right, if I'm talking about messaging and I'm talking about uh, ghostwriting, uh, right, mm -hmm. sending a message, then <clears throat> there is the possibility that some of the guests will be will also double as target clients. But I think far more likely what I'm what I'm what's what's been the other challenging challenge in my business that I didn't get to yet is that uh, it's been difficult for me to establish a steady, predictable, recurring in, you know, income threshold, viable income threshold. So one month I might have, you know, 21,000 gross revenue, which is fantastic. But, yeah. but then two months later, I'm back down to five to 7,000 gross revenue, you know, and that's just, that just makes it tiresome. You know, you're yeah. always constantly, so my thought is, well, let's let's start saying how can I take the the high ticket offer and distill down into a a course or some kind of uh, some kind of content that I can charge a, a decent price for, but it's far more accessible to a lot more people, and okay. I don't have to, and I don't necessarily have to do a ton more time. Uh, mm -hmm. on an ongoing basis to make money from it. So, you know, right now I'm trying to make that tra transition from work, get paid, work, get paid to work, get paid, get paid, get paid, get paid, get paid. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, I totally get it. And uh, yeah, so he's figuring out, figuring out the right offer. Hey, yeah. For sure. Yeah. And you're not alone. I think a lot of people definitely actually I know a lot of people who struggle with the same thing where it's like, okay, I need to make a, um, the right offer um, attracting the right people, but still have the time on my hands to have a life. You know, you can't just be the only one doing everything either. Right. So you're not yeah. alone there at all. Not at all. Um, based on where you are today, if you were to double or triple what your, uh, your profit and revenue, what are some of the, in one year? Okay, let me rephrase this. Based on where you are right now in the business, what would you have to change or what would some of the new challenges be if you were to double or triple your profit and revenue in one year? Hmm. I think uh, I might have a few more hires to make. Uh, mm -hmm. That would Expanding probably keep my team very, very busy. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, they might, you know, they might between them, there's, there's five or six of them. They might be able to handle all of that. And, right. um, and I think I would be presented with the problem of doing a ton of client facing work that doesn't leave a lot of time for lead generation revenue, uh, revenue producing activities. So I would probably 
begin to have to look at to, to begin to say, okay, how can I extract the business development side from my role and put it in the hands of someone I trust? And can I even afford to do that? Right. Uh, there's a lot of little things that I can still do at this stage because of the, the, the growth has been slow to in 2022. So, you know, accounting, invoicing, all of that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. eventually that's got to be completely removed from my plate. Someone and, else um, yeah. And, uh, and then I would have to say, okay, um, how do I continue to generate content and generate awareness of my brand, keep myself top of mind among my audience, aside from doing a show on LinkedIn, right? I would probably have to engage my team to start writing content for me um, because I just yeah. couldn't get to it. Yeah, there's just not enough time, right? You can, yeah. it's like, there's only so much you can do on your own. Um, yeah, I totally understand. So to get the team to do certain stuff is, is one of the things you would change or bring in more for the team. Hey, yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Well, Paul, thanks so much again for jumping on today and sharing your valuable insights with the people listening and your powerful story. I, I had a pleasure interviewing you and um, it was, it was great to have you on. So thanks so much. And before we jump off, if anyone's looking to connect with you, Paul, what would be the best way about going and doing that? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Brittany. The, the, um, the best place I can think to go uh, is I just finally got this done. I'm terrible with technology. So um, <laughs> I, I would appreciate it. Anybody who wants to write to me and tell me that I did an okay job with it. I finally have a landing page and it's meetpauledwards.com. So meet as in not meat that you eat, but M-E-E-T, <laughs> pauledwards.com. You can go there. And I am giving away a free digital copy of Influencer Networking Secrets. Uh, there should be a little pop-up there that you can sign up, put your email in, and, and you'll get a free digital copy straight away. Um, that is awesome. The, the other option, of course, I'm building this following on LinkedIn. So would love to connect with you on LinkedIn. And um, just reach out if you have questions uh, or if I can uh, offer any reflections happy to do that via direct message or jump on a call and um that's 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 it i think yeah those two those two places perfect well thanks so much again uh paul for jumping on uh it was a fantastic interview and i hope to do it again in the future um so thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and group if you're listening and enjoyed please like and subscribe if you're a six-figure or higher entrepreneur and want to jump on the show for an interview just like Paul did today, well, please go to podcastrebels.com and we'd love to interview you as well. Thanks again, everyone. And thanks so much, Paul. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Bye. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com. And then three, 
download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.